This week's episode is brought to you by Disneylanders by Kate Abbott, an awesome book about Disneyland released by Orchard Hill Press. Pick your copy up at Amazon now. Welcome to Season 3! Hello and welcome to Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show and home of the world's first pair of independently born identical twins. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And you know what's going to be happening one week from today when this podcast airs? The apocalypse? The zombie apocalypse? Okay, do you know the other thing that's going to be happening one week from today when this podcast airs? Uh, crap, I gotta put my Google Calendar right now. Okay, so, you're taking too long, George. I'm just gonna oh, tell I'm you. Sorry. I'm sorry. gonna tell okay. you. Okay, it's the Communitor, guys. We're finally right. going on the Communitor. Are you excited, George? Oh, I'm very excited. I'm super excited. Very excited. I I'm mean, excited we'll to see again. everybody. That's true. We got a bunch of people that are coming on the tour with us. Yes, yes. excited about a few people in particular. We won't, we don't want to play favorites. No, we don't. We're not gonna play favorites, but we'll play favorites right now for yes, one, we will. one particular communicore cadet and i know you're listening right now and i know you're gonna be very excited when you hear this but and i know your dad said you may not go to disney sometime soon <laughs> but here's a big surprise for you little leo borove guess what buddy you're going on the communitor see i left that silence in there for him to freak out that's what i was Maybe. waiting for i was waiting for the scream in the background well we can add that in post-production we'll oh, have, good, good, we'll good, have good. him add that in later but yes leo you're coming on the community tour along with everybody else so we're super excited to see everybody um i mean i'm kind of excited to see george too i mean a little bit i haven't seen bit. you in it's been over almost a year over, over a year. year it's been over a year it's been over a year right. isn't that That's weird right. it's weird well, i've heard you i've heard you got facial hair now i do i mean it was like a weird good. puberty thing or something right oh is that what that is That's right. i mean your voice changed did it yeah, it did. it did. I don't know what you're talking about, George. <laughs> no? Okay, well, 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 for once, I've got a trip report we need to get to. So. Okay, well, I want to hear all about your trip report, okay. so let's, let's yeah, do so, it. And we'll see you next week, Leo. Step, jump, and skip. We took a trip, and this is our trip. Okay, so... My brother, Andrew, half of the Communicore Weekly Orchestra, and I were invited to experience the Carowinds in Bloom Festival that debuted last week, which is like a week earlier. Now, for your time-traveling Communicore cadets, what, what is last week? Exactly. I mean, that's the problem. It's like, you know, I've lived it. I've been there, and you guys are just hearing about it now. But anyway, so it, it's no, been— No, I'm asking you, George. You need to tell them when it was. <laughs> oh, I do. Oh, I thought—oh, I thought you meant like— because this is like all relative. Oh, well, it is. So that's why you need to give them a frame of reference for time <laughs> and space. Well, it depends. If it, it depends on what today's date is, because that will make a huge difference in what we actually do. Um, but we we were invited down for the, the Carowinds and Bloom, which lasted a full week. Guys, he still didn't say what this is taking place at. <laughs> I said it was at Carowinds. No, what? April? Oh, May? Oh, 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 gotcha. In April, yeah. Okay. Duh. It, 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 we, it's, it was April 12th through, like, the 20th. There we go. 
2014, so right? Uh, 2014. Okay. Wow. Okay, we're off to a great start. And that this is a great trip report, guys. Anyway, so this was a week-long festival that they did, but I'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, it's It's been a long time since I visited Carowinds. Um, it's about an hour and a half from my house, and uh, of course my energy and money and time is always focused on Disney parks. And uh, a little bit of history for the, you guys that don't live near Carowinds. It opened in 1973 and was the brainchild of a Charlotte, North Carolina entrepreneur named Epad Hall. He had visited Disneyland in 1956 and felt that another park like that would do well near Charlotte. And uh, one of the unique features of Carowinds is that it does straddle two states, uh, North Carolina and South Carolina, for those of you that might be geographically challenged. I was just going to ask you, what, what exactly. other state would it straddle? Two I don't states, understand. Yes. Charlotte, North Carolina and South Dakota. Thank you. Okay. And New Jersey. That's really And New weird. Jersey, apparently. Um, it, it's now owned, Carowinds is now owned uh, by Cedar Fair. And, uh, you know, like Kings Dominion, Kings Island, Cedar Point, and Knott's Berry Farm are all in the same, fair, uh, same family. And Carowinds also has the reputation of being more of an amusement park that has a lot of coaster experiences instead of uh, story-based attractions like a Disney park. So it's a little bit different. More like a, a Six Flags than a yeah, Disney Yeah, closer land. to a Six Flags. Yeah, okay. lots, of, lots, of, lots of roller coasters. Got it. So, Got it. Yep. Okay, so a little bit of information about the Carowinds in Bloom. And this is quoting from their press release. Uh, Carowinds debuts a new festival this year featuring food, thousands of flowers, bluegrass, and special activities for kids. Carowinds in Bloom takes place in the Carolina Showplace area of the park from April 11th to the 20th. So I was a little bit off on my dates. And admission to the festival is included in the park. And they had, uh, as they said, music, flowers, food, wine, and craft beers. And they had uh, some pretty good bluegrass even though I'm not a big bluegrass fan. Anyway, okay, so in all the festival was really nice. It was it was rather small. Uh, I was really mentally comparing it to the Flower and Garden Festival, which was completely unfair. Uh, the intent of the festival at Carowinds was, you know, sort of offer an added value that was unexpected by most guests. It's, it's not something that you'd pay more to do, but a nice add-on that made the day, uh, you know, a little bit nicer. Uh, so they had a small area of the park set up with um, with, with tents and a bluegrass band, they had cooking demonstrations, they had barbecue, and they had beer. Yay, beer. Uh, <laughs> there were eight choices, and each sample or each flight was a dollar. And my absolute favorite was Son of a Peach. It was absolutely fantastic. What, what, and what and, flavor was that? Uh, I, I can't tell you. I want you to experience it for yourself. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, for fun. Um, I hope that Carowinds does continue the festival and, and maybe run it for a whole month and grow it basically i didn't even mean to make that reference within bloom flowers growing oh i didn't even get that into you because it wasn't it that good yeah thanks um you know because it could be as big an event for them in the future like uh scarowins is which you is, will be covering as well right yes they're haunted carowins that's so right pretty, you're gonna go on haunted stuff actually scared so i don't want to go but don't tell anybody okay just he's because. going guys <laughs> okay, so as I mentioned at the top of the, the segment, I went with my brother, half of the mad genius behind the Communicore Weekly Musical, which is awesome. You need to buy it now. And, you know, both of us, we spend most of our vacations at Disney parks, and we knew we'd be looking Carowinds through our, our pretty jaded, you know, and cynical eyes or our, our mouse ears. And, you know, it's one thing I've known forever is that Carowinds always struggled with an identity. 
as much as you know it's been through several different owners including Taft Broadcasting and Paramount and and Kings Island Entertainment Company and it's vacillated between a theme park amusement park and now it's a thrill park basically with the roller coasters and you can tell from the sort of the growth rings around the park that some of the coasters have been added like wherever space was was found we got to enjoy almost all the coasters except for the Gold Rusher and Thunder Road. Were they down? And Were they? No, no. They, it's just we walked up and Andy said, "Eh, I don't want to do it. Let's do something else." Oh, okay, fair enough. So, okay, sure. Uh, and it was, it was, it was almost painfully obvious with the differences in the coasters of of when they were manufactured. Uh, almost everything before like 2005 was like a minute and a half, and you're done. There were there were very very small coasters or short, where you spent more time in the load and unload than you did on the ride. Anyway, okay, so there are a few things I'm gonna talk about Karen's or Carowinds that I think they need to change. First off, they need a lot more signage in the park. It was really, really pretty bad. Uh, it wasn't obvious when you were transitioning lands, and there were a few times we wandered around looking for the entrance to the coaster. No, can I can I butt in and yes. ask, do you Please think do. Uh, you only noticed that because we're so used to seeing the signage and the transitions at Disney parks, and that's what you know made it stand out no. to you more? Not at all. I can remember going to Carowinds uh, back in the mid-90s, and, and I visited Carowinds Park before I visited a, a Disney theme park. Oh, okay. And at that point, I, I, you know, with my wife, I guess she was my wife at the time, but uh, we had problems finding things, even with the map. You just sort of walked around. Okay. Um, I can so understand that. So nice to have a lot more signage. Um, we, uh, uh, the, uh, but the biggest problem and the complaint that we had centered on the food prices. Um, I, I was tweeting and Facebooking photos all day, and a lot of people mentioned that the prices for the food and drinks at Disney were cheaper. The water was three eighty nine. A cheeseburger combo with fries and a drink was fourteen ninety nine. Now, now the admission was fifty nine dollars for an adult, which is a lot less than Disney. Not quite half, but close. Uh, but it's a much different experience. You know, I felt like the food was really, really gouging. You know, that was pretty expensive. Uh, the other big complaint was that the amount of Midway type games that were everywhere. Um, you know, it's where you, you, you threw a basketball, tried to get in a hoop, threw a football, I guess shot a basketball. Knocked down all the bottles. Yeah, knocked down the bottles. Uh, there were the water games, ring toss games. They were everywhere, you know, with the employees yelling at you. I just wondered if it, they could have been better off, you know, as park maintenance or helping guests navigate the park evening. Um, and, you know, one thing that uh, Andrew mentioned was that how the employees really seemed like they didn't want to be there. It didn't have that pixie dust that you get so often at Disney. So, okay, all that negativity aside, you know, it's still a great park. It's still a lot of fun. Um, they do have some great coasters. Nighthawk is a flying coaster that did take a long time to load and unload, but you basically hang underneath the coaster and it flips you around and it's pretty spectacular. And the Intimidator is a hyper coaster, meaning it has lots of hills and lots of, um, Zero G or low gravity uh, when you're going down the hill. Lots of airtime. Absolutely fantastic. It is the southeast longest, tallest, and fastest coaster. 232 feet tall, and it goes up to 80 miles per hour. I'm going to have to look up some ride-through videos on YouTube now just to yeah. check those two out. I was I have no problems with coasters at all. Love them. This one made me a little bit nervous because you, you sort of sit in what feels like an office chair <laughs> without, without arms. Really? And... The restraint comes up between your legs, and it looks like 
almost like a, a Y that doesn't go above your stomach. Does does it go upside down or is it just? No, no, no. It's it's there are no loops. There are no loops. Okay, no, there are no loops. That makes me feel a little safer about it. Yeah. But still, I, I mean, I know. Yeah, how, yeah, that's crazy. But so, and there are no sides. You're basically sitting on an open platform. So would you chair. say you were intimidated by it? Huh? You see what? Because the name yes. isn't. Yes. Intim- you see what I did there? Yes. It's, it's some Dale Junior Earnhardt reference too. Fair we, we did we did write it a second time, and after the second time we both kind of went, oh wait a minute, okay let's wait before we do that again. Head was feeling a little blended. That's all we'll say. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we, we we rode the Carolina Cyclone, which was very jerky and very short. It's an arrow ride. Uh, we know arrow from Disneyland. We know arrow from Disney. Yep. Two great loops. And the Hurler, which is an out-and-back wooden roller roller coaster with a nice hill, and the Ricochet, which is a crazy little mouse coaster that had uh, my brother and I were in the front seat, and then two really big guys were behind us, looked like football players, and they were screaming their heads off because it was terrifying because you jerk around those little corners, and the track is so small. You, you think like you're, you're going to fall gonna off. Flip off of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. So um, it was fun, but, you know, the best experience was the Intimidator it's almost worth the trip to Carowinds just to see the Intimidator, but there are enough other coasters that if you like coasters, you're going to enjoy it. Um, you just, you know, may want to watch out what you do with the food because the food was pretty expensive. So, not too bad. So, like one thumb up, maybe. Okay, sure. You'll good. just have to was... take me when I when I come visit. I want to go Ooh, see that'll this be park. Fun. Uh, we get you on the Intimidator. Watch you cry. I will not cry. I will enjoy it. I'll be the first in line. <laughs> I'll cry later when I'm alone in the bathroom, but It'll do it that way. Not in front of people. <laughs> he's a nerd, he's a geek, because we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. Ha! It's George's book of the week. Okay, this week I'm looking at The Art of the Wind Rises by Hayao Miyazaki, and it was 224 pages, just released in April 2014. Okay. So if you don't already know by now, Hayao Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli have created some of our very favorite animated films, if not our favorite films, period. And I feel perfectly comfortable speaking for Jeff in this case. Oh, without a doubt. Yes, because the the Studio Ghibli films are awesome. Um, I did review the theatrical release of The Wind Rises a few episodes ago, and I really couldn't stop raving about it, and I still can't. I'm telling everybody about it. The film was beautiful, solid emotionally satisfying and and really wonderful and i do hope that everyone picks it up on blu-ray when it's released even though it may not be a disney release i think it's g kids is releasing but that's we'll get to that later i mean like when we get the couple months when we get the blu-ray exactly okay so when the art of book arrived i was really excited to jump into it It, it, as much as i enjoy all of the studio ghibli films uh be but because of my inherent lack of understanding of Japanese culture, I know there are so many things that I miss. Um, I still scratch my head whenever I watch Spirited Away. I love it. It's beautiful. But I have no idea what's going on in that movie. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> the, the, this beautiful art of book itself really helped me understand a lot of historical and cultural references that I was missing. Uh, the book does follow the same pattern as most art of books that, that we've talked about and we've seen, especially the other ones by Viz, which is the company that made it. it it's full of concept sketches actually by Miyazaki himself, as well as full-color scenes and cells from the artists that worked on the film. There are pages of character art, backgrounds, trains, planes, 
to wait for Jeff to say automobiles, but he didn't. No, um, I was considering it, but I was just going to let you go. But well, let me go. Okay. Since okay. you brought it up, and automobiles. <laughs> and uh, uh, actually, some pretty beautiful clouds were involved in there as well. Um, and all of all of the images in the book would be treasured. It would be a treasured addition to any you know art collection itself. So the book is divided up by Jiro Horikoshi's life, who's the character in the film. Um, just like it is in the movie, and we see the different art that permeates the film in those chapters. There are also some wonderful explanations, you know, sort of, of how the style came to be or the historical significance of the event portrayed. You know, not only do they talk about the aircraft that were designed, but whenever the characters are on a train or in town in a bus or an electric train or a penny junket, they talk about how they designed it and researched it and how historically accurate it actually is. It's funny because I remember when you were reviewing the film itself, when you saw it, you said pretty much the same exact thing, like the little details about the oh, yeah. things in the film. Yeah, that was absolutely spectacular, and it really comes through in the book itself. Um, they do have interviews that are sporadically placed throughout the book, and, and they talk with different members of the crew, like the supervising animator, the art director, the color designer, and even the director of digital images. And several pages are dedicated to the production process which is kind of different from what we've seen with most Disney films because the whole film is drawn by hand and the computer is used for effects that really aren't, aren't done well by hand, like rain and snow. You know, they mentioned that rain used to be you know, basically scratches on the uh, celluloid or the acetate, so it was very hard to do. Now they do it digitally. Um, a full English, English script is included, so Jeff and I will be acting out some of it in the next segment that follows. We've Wait, got a brand new what? segment for you guys. what? Oh, you didn't get the script notes I sent you? No. Oh. Okay, well, maybe we'll have to work on that later. We'll, we'll push that back a little bit. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> okay, well, besides that, it, it really is a gorgeous book, and it adds so much to the film itself and the Studio Ghibli process that it almost feels like a necessary purchase. Well, it is a necessary purchase if you're a Miyazaki fan. Uh, there's so much art included with each page offering you know, several pieces, so I'd estimate there are almost over 300 individual works in the book itself. Definitely pick up a copy if you're a fan of the film, but also make sure you buy it when it comes out on Blu-ray. you got a pinky promise me, you guys. You're going to buy this film when it comes out because it's that good. Um, this week's book was The Art of the Wind Rises by Hayao Miyazaki. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. So next time you're visiting America's favorite half-day park, Disney Hollywood Studios. I don't know why you're laughing, George, because I'm always going to say that. Which is soon celebrating its 25th anniversary, but I don't care about that. Because... Well, no, that's it's only like 12 and a half years, right? Yeah, exactly. Because okay. it's a half-day park. But next time you're there and you're on Star Tours, you know, there, there's a part of the queue where there's a droid custom sign. And by that sign, there are some pipes. And on one of those pipes, it says... SW 077 Now that's a lot of numbers, but if you really think about it, all those numbers pertain to years of Star Wars events and, and movies. So of course 77 is when the first film came out, mm -hmm. 80 is when the second film came out, 83 mm -hmm. is when the third film came out, 99 was when they re-released the original trilogy uh, in, the th yeah. in the theater, the uh, extended and revised versions, and then after that, 
02, 05, and 08 are when the second trilogy came out, but nobody likes to talk about those anyway, we right, guys? <laughs> these aren't the movies you want to watch. No, these are not the movies I, you're looking and for. And I wave my hand at the microphone like that really mattered. You know what's funny? Because okay, I just good, did the good. same thing, too. <laughs> and it didn't even occur to me that no one was going to see that except for us. Uh, we might be doing that next week to Leo. Yes. Getting him to do that to everybody on the community tour. Yes, that's this, this be is awesome. the tour you're looking for. <laughs> this is the tour you're looking for. Exactly. Oh, we can go up to people like during dinners and these aren't your desserts. And then and while we'll you're doing in. that, I'm just going to slowly grab it while they're not paying attention because they're looking at you. And then uh-huh. pff, no desserts. Magic trick. It, it, but don't don't say yoink out loud like you're doing The Simpsons because oh. that will totally ruin it. Oh, I was actually you planning know? on doing that. Yoink. Sorry. Uh, but I say, oh, yeah, that's we can do that with everything. They're illusions, George. Illusions. Oh, like when we visit the archives, we'll be like, these are not the ephemeral thing. Never mind. <laughs> it's like, what else can we take? I don't know. How everything. much stuff's in your bag? I don't know. We <laughs> Aye, aye, aye. Okay, well, guys, thank you so much for watching and listening to another episode of Communicore Weekly. Yes, please be sure to leave us a comment and give us a rating on iTunes. Every once in a while, I'll check and I'll see a new one, and it makes me smile. So thank you yes. for everyone who has rated us and left us uh, comments on there. Yep, Jeff does a ha- happy dance, and he's recording all of them. I am. He's going to release them into a compilation. I will, at some point in time. At some point in time, yes. Never. Okay. <laughs> well, you could always email us your own happy dance video at communicorweekly at gmail.com you realize by saying that you open the door to people actually doing it that'd be awesome <laughs> it would be but every time we say something ridiculous someone <laughs> usually know. follows through on it and, so and you cringe you die a little bit on the inside, i don't die I, I think it's hilarious but i just want you okay, to know good, that good, people good. actually follow through on this stuff well, Speaking I, of which, you can also uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Weekly. Leave a happy dance video there. Why not? <laughs> and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Imaginerding. He's at Jeff Heimbuck. And Heimbuck, excuse me. Ooh. And yeah, I know. It's what after two years, I'd finally get your name right. Two years? Um, has it been three? It's, we've known each other three. for like four well, longer than that, really. But yeah, that's true. Professionally. Professionally. You know, yes. Don't forget to, you know, like Jeff said, like us and follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram because we're going to be posting a ton of photos during the community tour. Yes, At least until our batteries yeah. wear out. Yes, yes, we will. Or we also, exceed our data plan. No, no, not me. I'll have unlimited. Don't worry. I'm oh, in the good, clear, good, guys. Good. I'm so I'm grandfathered it. I'm never getting rid of that. Good, good, good. Of course, you can always call us, leave us a message on the Communical Weekly GOAT line at 424-785-4628. Yep, and don't forget you can still pick up your copy of Communicore Weekly, the musical. It's the most awesomest thing you will ever hear, period. It, and you can find the music. Oh, you're going to say something, Jack? No, I was going to say, I agree with you. Okay, good, good, good. Um, Sometimes I forget we did it, and it'll come on my iPod, one of the songs, and I'll be like, hey, this song is catchy. No, we wrote this. <laughs> and it is awesome. So visit Amazon, CD Baby, pretty much anywhere you can find audio. And you can iTunes, everywhere. Communicore Weekly. How did I forget iTunes? I don't know. How did you forget iTunes? I don't know. Spotify, anyway, keep... Pandora. It's on all those places. That's true. Yeah. It's on all of them. So, well, anyway, for Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks so much for listening, guys and gals. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. Bye.